I see his people. I know he's in his people. I know he's here because you brought him with. Amen. So just pray for me as I go. I think before we start, let us just read the scripture. Amen. Let us turn to our Bibles. Mark chapter 5. We read from 1 to 6. If you have it, say amen. Amen. Mark chapter 5, verse 1 to 6. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling amongst the tombs. And no man could bind him, nor not with chains, because that he had often but he had often bound with for, uh, because he had been bound often praise the Lord <laughs> because he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces neither could any man tame him and always day and night he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones amen let us just pray Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I stand before you, Father, in this hour, dear God. I stand, dear God, with an honest, open heart, Father, before you, dear God. When I say before you, dear Lord, I stand before you manifested, dear God, in flesh, dear Lord, in your bride, dear God. Lord, I could, how could I ever come, dear God, with my own thoughts and my own ideas, dear God? How could I allot this time, Father, how could I see it, dear Lord, that you would see me here, dear God, in Whitbank, Father, a place that I've never been, dear God, amongst people, dear Lord, that love you, Father. And dear Lord Jesus, I'm just standing, Father, as your child, Father, humbly, dear God. I, 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 my words would fail, dear Lord. But God, Lord, if you just take this voice, Father, this night, oh God, please, dear God. And speak to your children, Father. I have an experience, dear Lord, that only you would really know, dear Lord, what you have done in my heart, Father. And I just want to let your children know, Father God, what you have done. Help us, dear Lord. Be with each and every soldier, Father, this night, O God, that fought the battle, Lord, this day, Father. Lord, they may be, Lord, tattered and torn, Father. They may be weary, dear God. Some may be broken-hearted, Father. May be sick, dear Father God. But, Lord, may you come and just undertake, Father God, and give us the strength, Father, to go on, dear Lord. We're going home, dear Lord Jesus. We know we are, dear God. Please help us and edify us. Bless your children and bless me, Father, in Jesus' name. May take your seats, amen. Amen. Just, I just want to read a little bit of a quotation of the prophet when he preached to witness, amen, 1954, 0303. On paragraph uh, 16, he says, Just for a few minutes by the clock to speak unto you about a witness. A witness said, yeah. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then you shall be, my, be witness unto me. Not when you join church, 
you'll be a witness. Not when you become a deacon, you'll be a witness. Not when you ordain the minister, you'll become a witness. But when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then you'll be a witness. A witness must be somebody with an experience, must know something in the courts of our land. And you come up and say, well, uh, Miss so-and-so and so-and-so uh, so -and -so told me about so-and-so. They throw you, they throw the case out. You've got to either be an eyewitness or ear witness. You've got to know something before you can be a witness. And you know something before you can be a witness of God. And a God-called witness are people with experience of knowing what they're speaking about. And we have an experience of the witness of God tonight in Phoenix, he says. Tonight all over the world, there are all those experience of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you, own, and you, and you can only experience it by the witness of the Holy Spirit. How long will it last? Acts 38, Peter tells us that it's an experience was for you and, and that how, how far the witness should go as long as God calls. God called witnesses must have an experience. Amen. He says, I want you to go and be my witness. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and then you shall be a witness. See, you must be. You must have a first-hand experience, amen. Many of you all, amen, this night have had first-hand experiences, I believe. And, you know, I always just, whenever I tell a testimony, and sometimes, you know, I just get expired in work and wherever I go, and you'll find out that sometimes, you know, amongst the youngsters, they would just wish, hey, I wish I, I could have got through. I could have done what the brother done, you know. Maybe I must go out there and experience that. But... From this side, I'm saying that I can really appreciate when I see people amongst the message that can stay true in that message. I, I believe that that keeping power, the keeping power is greater, amen, than somebody will go out into the world and have that experience, amen. So we are blessed, amen, that when we stay faithful in the message, stay faithful in the word, amen. I'd just like to say that before we start, amen. Just glad to be here once again, amen, this, this night. I'm not a preacher. Amen. I'm just a child of God, amen, that had an experience with the Holy Ghost amen. by God's grace, amen. And just reading this uh, testimony of the man of Gadaria, amen, they're having that experience, amen, being in that condition. I could relate to that because I was in that condition. And I know what it is, amen, to be amongst the tombs, amen, amongst the dead, amen, and in a condition like that. Just wanted to start off, amen, I love, I have a loving mom and dad. Beautiful mom and dad. You probably saw them the first service they came. Actually, it was by, his, by God's grace making a way that my parents had to come, that God ordained it in such a way that I had to be here. But sometime I'll get to that testimony. My dad and mom, lovely people, just brought up the wrong way in the world and living the wrong ways. and That's all they knew, amen. Dad, as far as I knew, was a drug addict and uh, lived as a drug addict. You know, and All I knew is when you used to come from school, and just you know, walk past my, my home and then see my dad just so drugged out of his mind, you know, so completely drugged. And my friends had witnessed that, and, you know. And me as a young child, not knowing these things actually interfere with you, you know. Now psychology will tell you and all that, how it does interfere into a child's life. But I didn't know at that time. We just, all I knew that, you know, in life is... You know, I always tell people, you know, you, you just want to be like your dad, you know. And you'll hear in school, you know, the youngsters say, you know, I want to be like my dad, you know. And, you know, he could be so skinny, but you'll find out that 
you'll find out that the guy will say, you know what, my dad's got big muscles like this, you know. Everybody just wants to be like your dad, and that was in my mind. I wanted a drug like my dad. I wanted to drink like my dad. I wanted to do the things that he had done. You know, he just lived in a gangsterism life, you know. This Hollywood style had V8 engines, you know, that type of thing. And he used to move with his so-called mafias and things like that, you know. And that's how it lived. And that, that, I just wanted to go down that way. And, you know, mom worked and things like that. And they partied on the weekends. So you can imagine there's a, 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 a seed of God that's hungry and thirsty. And Satan uh, knows how to mold you and shape you in life. He knows your character. He knows your makeup. And he knows exactly what to do to you. If you if he, he knows your lineage. He knows your genes. And he knows down the line if maybe grandfather, grandmother, they maybe went in a certain lineage. Maybe they love drinking, smoking, running around with women, maybe gambling, doing certain things. He knows those things are in your genes. And then what he'll do is he'll come down the line and he'll send something with that type of taste to entice you and mold you and shape you in such a way that you will never go back again. And that was his plan. And that's what he actually did for me as time went by. And um, life got worse and worse. Became a drug addict. Became an alcoholic. You know, started, I started drinking from the age of 10 with the conditions that were around Alcoholism was in my family. My great-great-great-great-grandfather that came from uh, India uh, actually died an alcoholic. And uh, my, my, my grandfather, my, my father's... Uh, um, uh, 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 yeah, my, my father's father, he also at 47 years died as an alcoholic. Um, and then my dad, up till now, is still an alcoholic. And uh, that was just running in our genes. And I became an alcoholic. Just simple as that. But as you'll see how God broke that cycle. The amazing cycle. And he just made a way for me. And um, yeah, it just started on and going on to heavier drugs as it goes on. As a young little kid, you know, going through the experiences, I became very suicidal in my life. I saw suicides. And amongst my friends, I saw, you know, my mom do the same thing so many times, try and commit suicide. So it was just part of life, you know. And I saw, you know, I just needed the attention, but you didn't know what it was. You were just seeking God, but you just needed some type of attention. And I went on to these things, and I took uh, a lot of uh, chances with, with, with suicides, you know. A lot of times, yes, you know, you're scared to go to hell because you brought up with Bible principles. You know, uh, you know, in Sunday school and stuff like that. My dad was very strict about Sunday school by God's grace. You know, that we always go there in the denomination and hear the word of God. And we knew hell was real, heaven was real. And I never wanted to go there. But as it went on and I just got into um, the harder drugs and things like that later on, committed suicides, uh, many times ended up in hospital. Um, it was just like that. It was just part of life. Tried to even hang myself at one time. My friends had to just literally come and uh, grab me while I was hanging on the, on, on, the, on, the, on the ceiling. It was like that. It was, it was, it was, I was being tormented. You know? And I just like what uh, many of you know, Brother Lonnie Jenkins. And Brother Lonnie Jenkins said a nice thing. He said, there's two reasons why a man would drink and drug and, and things like that. He said one of the reasons is, he said to satisfy the flesh. And he said the other reason why a man would do that, he says to escape the torment of his soul. 
and that was me trying to escape the torment of my soul not knowing who i was not knowing nothing what will come later on and as it went on like that and then got into gangs and friends and things like that and this you know and you're watching these type of things but you're looking for happiness you know family is not there nobody is there so the only thing is you know there's the there's the drugs there's the gangs you know and then we became gang members you know bodyguards protecting the bigger gang member and all this type of things you know not maybe in the big way of looking at the hollywood way you know things like that but it was it was going on in amongst our district and our community it, those things were going on and uh, yeah as it as as it went on yes and just i'd start to look there and see how my temper was just out of control you know it was it was it was bad i had grudges temper you know if somebody had done something to me maybe you know said something or done something to my friend you're going to get the guy it's like that and you know whether it means killing or shooting and things like that and i went down that line and sadly to say you know i i shot and i stabbed people and you know almost left for dead and i, I don't know what happened down the line there but by god's grace uh, you know the things didn't didn't get any worse so yes and then this type of thing and getting along it was just every sun it was shoplifting and not not in a minor scale in a big scale and then we needed money for the drugs and got into car stealing and uh, breaking in and then in and out of, of of prison i went to in jail for many cases uh, about six times actually went in for uh, breaking into a car and uh, armed robbery and um attempted murder a lot of times of one time I was just framed for attempted murder and you think maybe you got friends out there and that's what I had you know it was thick as blood they say you know and but when it came to the real thing when it was time to somebody to stand up they would accuse you and I got accused like that and uh, I wouldn't take the uh, the rap as they would say you know because of an attempted murder friend stabbed somebody but it was it was my issue and I was supposed to do that but they wanted me to take that and this because i didn't want to take that I was hijacked uh plotted uh, for a kill and uh jewelry and stuff like that was put in my pocket the gun was cocked and everything uh they literally broke me to pieces I was, I was i was really hurt and damaged but by god's grace somebody just walked in one of my friends actually my brother in law just walked in and said no you can't do that because i i, I witnessed your hijacking him. I know so do something else you know so yeah they allowed me then I, i i admitted to that and then as it went on yeah by god's grace the six times that i was caught for stuff that you know i was re- i really did and was guilty of by god's grace i didn't go through a sentence i managed to go free by god's grace it's always something this god just made a way to something maybe one of my friends the maybe we would get caught three of us and the police will take the one of him and they'll they'll train one of the police dogs on him and the dogs would bite him and mold him and put us all in prison and the next thing his family is starting to uh, uh uh put cases against the the state you know and the state would say okay listen uh we're going to let two go free but we want one and we want that one you know and I'll go free and other things it'll get thrown out of court just by god's grace and just young you started from you know going to prison there around about 16 17 going in and out so as it went on the untrue friends um there's something that i want to get to quickly uh, just how god brought me back and things that happened 
I'm just going to quickly go to that. Maybe sometime I can spend more time. Um, the thing what I wanted to get was, they're coming into the message. This was like 25 years ago, I think. My wife just is good with times. So I'm not good, but it was around about that time, 25 years, being a gangster there in the districts. And my mother-in-law, not my mother-in-law at that time, she was just a lady that we knew there in, 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 in the district there. But she was always like a nice person, greet and stuff like that. And then my brother-in-law was the one that we, I used to take drugs with. And I ended up going to the house there the one day. And she just took off, a, a, it was a calendar, it was something, but it was the seven, the, the messengers. And then she opened it up and she said, these are the messengers, uh, messengers for the seven church ages. I, 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 all I know is that my soul said, Amen. Never, I never saw the message, never know anybody in the message, nothing of that sort. And she said, I've got, I've got messages of this. This is the prophet for the age. And I said, no, you must lend me that. And then I went and I, I listened to this. You know, and that was it. And then I, I started becoming so much, I this voice. I couldn't understand things, but it was just too attracted to me. And I just took on to this message. And then started going to church and stuff like that. Never fully, I would say, yes, get God. I got into a sanctified state, a very sanctified state, lived with the message, went through the years, had a bit of falls here and there, weak points here and there, and went on for many years. And it went on for many years until about um, 15 years back, I would say, or maybe even more than that. Um, I had a terrible experience um, within... Uh, you know, I just like to say something that, you know, how God will permit sometimes, you know, even your pastor, your brother, you know, to misunderstand you, just like Joseph, you know. And the things that happened to me before I say that, you know, I've got brothers that I had situations with. They loved me so much. They actually came over from like the KZN to come and see me, invite me into hunting. You know, that we communicate, we love each other. You know, but things just happened at that time. There was a, just a, a misunderstanding and it hurt me. And when it hurt me, uh, it hurt my wife bad as well. And I try to stay strong as a believer when you get hurt. And this, this, was, this, was, this was really something bad. And it did hurt me. And I, I tried to keep faithful and true and just serve the Lord, you know. I never intended to go and sin, never planned and to go and sin and show somebody, nothing of that sort. I couldn't understand what happened. But it was just about a week after that, all of a sudden there's this presence that came over me and just took over me in the sense of evil, darkness, and unbelief, and hurt. And the sin was committed within me. And I backslid. Now, I, I was always that type of a person that in life, I, either this way or that way, and I decided that I could never stay a hypocrite. I never. I could never do that. And I decided that if I serve Satan, I know the depths of Satan. I became a drug dealer. And I, first I started taking the drugs, heavy drugs, went to cocaine, heroin, and stuff like this, and then became a drug dealer. But, but, but it all started very subtle, you know. You know, Satan's like this, you know. You take the first... Um, a cigarette, you know, and he'll do the rest for you. You take the first drink and he'll do the rest for you. It's just simple as that. And that's what he had done for me. Everything that I had done, just the first, he took over. He took over because you know, he needs permission. 
Even when he wants to come out of you, he needs permission as well. So it went on like that. And it just got worse and worse and worse until I needed to drug every day. But my soul was tormented. I was tormented like I couldn't believe. I just I needed to get more into drugs, more into alcohol, because the moment I got sober, uh, I, I couldn't take it. I couldn't live around people. I couldn't do things the normal way. And my wife would sometimes get to you all and tell you all more in detail the things that was going on. By God's grace, she, she stayed and she stuck with me. But I used to always leave home. Leave home for days. Leave home for weeks. Months. It was like that. And just go and get into things that was just despicable, really. And I went and committed these sins and got deeper into it. But within that time, I was tormented by the message because I knew the truth. And I always carried my, my books with me, my message books with me, my message tapes with me, not showing it to anybody, not telling anybody, you know, at that stage. And just always played by myself and just cry. How could this happen? You know, why, why, why did this ever happen to me? You know, and, and blaming people. And that's what happens, you know. When you, when you don't understand things, you start blaming people and you just get deeper. You, you, it's pity me, wowsy, wowsy me, and just get more into the drink, more into the alcohol. And that's what sin is about. When you go and see a sinner, especially a backslidden message, uh, mess, uh, message believer, and you go and speak to them, yeah, that pastor, that brother, and it, it's, it's like that. And that's what it is. But I never told anybody that. I just kept it to myself and just wallowed in my soddiness and just carried on like that. And yes, um, until it got to such a stage where it became unbearable, I became an alcoholic and a drug addict, as I was saying. It was just getting worse and worse and worse. And as it went on, just, just, just excuse me, I just want to try and just go quickly. Uh, yes, I, I got close to death a few times. Um, I started seeing demons. I started drugging 24 hours. So I would, I would drink a drug for like 20, uh, seven days a week. Just like drug, 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 because I just couldn't take it anymore. And then I would literally see demons coming up and things like that. They were literally tormenting me. And, and that is one of the reasons why you'll find even in indigenous places, drugging and drinking is actually devil worship. You enter into that realm. But I didn't do it. Hypocritically, I went in to serve the devil. My friends were witch doctors. Never really go and worship Satan as say, but doing these drugs and doing these things was worship. I allowed him to come in. I allowed him to manifest around me. I could see him. I could see him manifesting himself. And uh, he tried to take me so many times. You know, I just uh, I had a private house where we were selling drugs. I had people working for me. And I, I'd see the, in, in the yard, I would just see the demons just come up, pop up there by the tree, an image of a man, you know, that type of thing. And I'd get so scared, I'd be shaking there with a gun, shooting at this thing. That fear that I, that, that, that fear that I used to have, I never experienced that fear before. I used to watch horror movies, you know, when you were young, kids you used to get scared and you were young and maybe you would do things and, or the scariest thing around the family incidents and, this fear is a supernatural fear. It's about a hundred times the worst thing that you'll ever experience without saying it without exaggeration. 
you literally want, you have to die. You have to close off. You have to shut off. You have to get this pain and this fear away. My, my friends that were with me, I could never drink and drug with people that just couldn't do it properly in the sense of saying so. They had to go to the extreme. They had to leave their families. You know, that type of drugging. I had people that were just dying behind me. I had friends with, with, with rope marks around their necks, hanging on the trees. You know, being under this thing, and you'll get into a depression of such a bad depression I never experienced in my life. Never. And this is the depression where if you just owe somebody maybe a 50 cents, but under this condition as you come out of these drugs, you feel like you owe them your whole life, your car, your family, your everything, and there's no way you're going to pay it back. And the pain and the agony. So all you want to do is just switch off and get away from the situation. And the debts. And then while I was driving, I, should, I used to drive and, under this influence of these drugs. And I used to drive. And, and while I'm driving in the review mirror, and then you just see this, this image of this demon come up behind me. You know, and I'll go off the road, and I'll jump off and get off the car, make sure that all the doors are locked, make sure that it's not under the seats. In public, it was like that. In, in public, it was like that. And if somebody had to see me, they would say, no, this, 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 this. This guy is crazy. This guy is mad. I've seen, and when I see people that's in that condition of the drugs and being like that, I know what it is. Be merciful unto them. Really, really. They're not in their right minds. They're not in that same world. And I wasn't in that same world. And as it went by, yes, and it tried to kill me, tried to shoot myself so many times, put the gun to my head, needed to just switch off, needed to get away from this, this torment, escape the torment, but scared, knowing that if I close my eyes here, I know there's a hell. I know I'm a child of God, but what if? You know? And it was like that. That's how I, that's how I live. And um, now the one time I got really close, just traveling at about 160 uh, uh, drugs, alcohol there in the car and just reaching down uh, the music all playing up and just reaching down there for some alcohol or something I'm alone, traveling about 160 and the next thing is I just hear the sound like that and then I looked immediately I saw the review and the lights of the review just go on and I looked at the side review, it was missing at 160 uh, I missed a head on at 160 the side review just came out like that you know, but you don't think about it at that time. And then when you go on, then you realize so many times just went off the road, spun with my, 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 my friend's car, just went totally off because you're totally out of your mind, getting into situations like that, getting into jail in and out. It was bad. Satan wanted to take my life in that condition. I, I, could, I could see it, but there's nothing I could do at that time. And it went on for many years. Altogether, we're looking at about maybe 10 years plus, I would say, you know, being in this torment, watching the children, you know. I, uh, but this is one of the things what happened when I started. That's why I read that scripture. There was another scripture what I was going to read is where the prodigal son. Um, where the Bible says that though he went out and did these things and lived immorally and all that. The scripture says that he came to himself. Like the man from Gidara, they just came to himself. When Christ came. And this thing started happening to me, not realizing then I was the seed of God and realizing God was dealing with me. Started to see the family in the condition. They, 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 they maintained the message way. They didn't cut their hair, didn't wear long. You know, I'm living a demonic, sinful life, you know. But then there's the family on one hand, and I'm trying to maintain them because. If I'm going to hell, and if I'm going to do these things, let me go myself. But I tried my best. 
to keep this family in this condition, whatever I could do. Maintain them, carry on, make sure the wife did, did you do Bible studies and things like that. I hated TV from the time I got into the message. I couldn't stand it because I could see the demons in there. I could see what it was doing to people. I hated this thing. And in that backslidden condition, Church of God, I brought a TV in and I said to my wife, listen, we're going to bring this TV in, but condition. Um, news and educational stuff and documentaries. That's it. And we, we, we put it in there. And that's what, the, that, what they did. And the one day I came in there and I was, was drugged. I was just out of my mind. And I walked in there and I came in there. And Joseph was four years old at that time. And I walked in there and there's this performance tire that they had on on the TV. It was an advert. And there was this lady with the bikinis on. And Joseph just blocked his eyes. But I walked in at that time and I saw him like that. And I said, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing? I said to wife, no, it's, this thing must go. I said, if this thing is not out, I'm shooting this thing down tomorrow. You know? Now, you can imagine now, there I'm in the world living a sinful life, enjoying the Sunday, but this conviction, this message couldn't leave me. I didn't know that, you know. I, I didn't think of it in that way. It couldn't leave me. All I knew that this thing was right. If I couldn't love it, you know, then somebody else must love it. In that condition, wife was telling me, I didn't even know. In that condition of mine, I used to witness to people. and Let people know how true God is. And they would meet my wife in the, in, in the shopping mall. And they would tell my wife, that through your husband I'm saved. In that condition like that. I, I didn't even know that. I only realized that later on. And in any case, me carrying on like that and then seeing the family like this. And then I decided, no, something wrong. I need to get back to God. And then I, I started crying out to him. I remember it was about two weeks. Crying out to him, begging him for mercy. And nothing happened. I begged him and I begged him and I cried without the family knowing this one alone. And I would try, like maybe seven days, try to, uh, or, or maybe I would say uh, uh, three days or a day or two, try without drugs and alcohol. But about the third day, fourth day, I couldn't take it anymore. I'd drink and I'd drug for about seven days till I passed out. It was a small little, you know, I'm, 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 I weigh quite a bit now, you know, compared to what it was. But it was a small little, 28 waist and just getting weaker and weaker. I used to pass out for days and and wife used to feed me, you know, with a small little teaspoon with yogi sup, you know. And I was bleeding inside my stomach and I didn't even know these things. I just passed out. Satan wanted to kill me. He wanted to take my life. And in any case, as I started to realize that, look, the only thing is, the next thing for me is the jail, the prison. Um, or I'm going to kill myself. Or I'm going to get killed. But I'd never be able to stay in jail because I went in there. The longest I stayed there was like two weeks I'm, I'm not meant for that. I'll end up killing myself. And to, to thought about my family. You know, though I was living an insane life, but I could think sane. I could think the real thoughts. That's because of the message. It never left me. You know, the Bible says, bring your children up in the way of the Lord and they won't depart from that faith. You know, they, they, they may move away, but that faith will never depart from them. It's like that. And that's exactly what was happening to me. And I started to cry out to God in it, and, and, and I struggled along, and I cried out. But church, there's one thing that happened. On the 22nd of July, 2007, I came to the Lord, and I was on my knees. 
And I couldn't understand why he, he didn't want to deliver me and bless me and just help me out of the situation. And I came to the Lord and I said to the Lord, Lord, if you, this was my words, I said, if you deliver me from these demons of drinking, smoking, running around and doing all these things, I said, Lord, if you deliver me from this thing, this is my words that I said to the Lord, I'll never leave your feet. I don't know what I was saying. I only realized now, just even the other day I'm reading about uh, Ruth and Boaz, how she was his feet. and I didn't even realize what I was saying and I just said, I'll never leave your feet. And I meant it with all my heart. But the thing is, I wanted to say, church, when I backslid, I, I, I thought I had that Holy Ghost. I believed I had it. I lived such a sanctified life. Wife would know that. There was no, nothing about it. I lived a sanctified life. I never lived a washy-washy life. But I couldn't understand when I backslid. I never had any intent to backslide. And this happened. And the whole experience being in the sin was... Never had the Holy Ghost. I couldn't understand because I know when you sealed that you'll never go back in that world. You know, you just might make a mistake or something like that. Quickly, you go and repent and make it right and things like that. You know, but I knew there was something that was missing in there that seal. And so, when I came to my senses, or I came to myself, I would say, that's when I started saying to the Lord, Lord, if you deliver me. And take these demons away from me. I'll never leave you. And instantly, a split second out of years of torment, he immediately took this thing out and delivered me. Instantly, just like that. As I was on my knees, I was completely, completely delivered. From that, I knew that the burdens left me, the demons left me and everything. I knew that I had, I had a whole stack of drugs that I had got from the merchant there, 20 stivers in my pocket. I got up, I gave my neighbor, his name was Ravi. I threw it to Ravi and I said, Ravi, you know, I shouldn't have did that, but you know, in that happiness of mind, I said, Ravi, I'll never in my life ever smoke and do these things again. And I had to go and give the drugs back to the merchant there. I owed him a lot of money. I owed a lot of people of money. And I had to go to him and say to him, straight, you know what? I, I, I knew something happened to me. So the boldness, I didn't make that up. It was there. I had to say to him, listen, I'm born again. God saved me. He, he looked at me and he couldn't understand. Even my, 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 my cousin, they, they, they're all big drug addicts and merchants and stuff like that. He even made a statement after me being saved a couple of years ago. We went for the funeral there and me being saved and, being, and serving the Lord. He said to me, you know, I remember you. He said, you know what, me being a drug dealer, I knew from the experience that I had, you were the worst from the family. He said, I knew that you will never go back again. I, I knew it. And for this to happen to you, then it must be God. And that got them saved. And that same guy that made that statement just gave up the stuff and trying to live right and things like that from the whole family. By God's grace. Amen. And, and it went on like this. And uh, yes, and that's when I said to the Lord, and that's when I, but, but there's something that I needed to get right. And I said, there's no way. I'm going to go into that world without the promise of what God promised me. Through that Bible, Interpreting it through this message, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I said, there's no way. 
There's no way. I'm going to go down there and live. And live, try and live that sanctified life. For all those years like that. And then somebody come down and something happens. And the next thing I, I said, there's no way. By God's grace, God made a way strangely at that time. The church that I was with, they split at that time. And uh, they were in two groups. And wife was ended up going to the one group. And she was going on there. And uh, there was like DVDs in my home. Brother Ed Biscoff, Brother Donnie Reagan, Brother Tim Pruton. I didn't even know these people. I never knew them. We wasn't actually even allowed to watch uh, DVDs for us to the church that I was going to. You know, and it, was, it was problems. You know, Look, pastor's got all the rights, you know. To, to do these things and watch this thing and watch his flock. But there's things that's right that's out there, you know. And good that's out there for the children of God to feast upon. And these things were strangely there at my house. And all I did was I indulged in this word 24 hours, day and night. And within that time, by the grace of God, I can say, Judge, God gave me that baptism of that Holy Ghost. I refused to work. I refused to do Anything, God gave me the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And from that time, it's never, never been the same. Are we for time, Pastor? Are we for time? I just want to just... Good. I just... There's, there's something that, that's been on my mind, and God been just making a way for me, listening to the messages Pastor's been preaching. And just a couple of weeks back, He just said, you know, how when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, strengthen your brothers. You know, and it moved upon me, and then Sunday's message was just a nice confirmation of how the Antichrist is moving, you know, how the devil is moving in such a subtle way. And then there, me coming out of these drugs, being a new crea- uh, 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 born again son of God, filled with the Holy Ghost, all I wanted to do was to stay in the Word of God. Now, where do I go? I need to get to a church, and I need to get there immediately. There's the church split. So the split part uh, were more or less the brothers that I was associated with. And what happened with them is they managed to get a minister that came from a far place, a young minister, and they invited me over. And I went over. Brothers and sisters, I never saw anything like this. I never saw uh, the display of supernatural like what I seen through this brother, the minister there. It was powerful. It was something that I've never seen before. I witnessed people uh, come up that I know that he didn't even know. Friends, family, uh, friends, maybe parents or families down the line there, they would come into the, the, the line, the healing line, and him under this anointing like this, and uh, wouldn't even ask the request, and he would pray for her, and the sister of God rejoicing, and then talk to her, come in limping, and go out. And what happened? She was planned for an operation. This the next week. And her bones were in a bad condition. Broken some years back or something of that sort. And she said, I felt the bones crushing into position. Getting healed under that instantly like that. I've seen people, my friends, getting delivered with drug addiction. And, and I know they were under in a bad condition. I've seen these things. I've seen things happen very supernaturally through his life. I, from where I was, I said, this is life. I'm going to give my life to this. I'm going to give my family to this. I'm going to give my everything to it. And that's what I did. Gave my life to it. Gave my family to it. 
and just served him. Nice, humble brother, you know, just walking in the Lord. Very, very humble, he would say. And uh, just, yeah, him carrying on like that. And it was going on just about a year. And uh, things were going. The Lord just undertook a business up, open up for me. Prospects and things like that. And he was part of this whole movement. And he encouraged me. And uh, uh, as, as, as we went along, um, uh, the, the house, I was, I was ready to build my house. And uh, uh, I had the plans. And he spoke to me. And he said to me, you believe me to be the, uh, uh, the man of God. And you pastor, you know what? Listen, I think the best thing for you is God got something bigger and better for you. He's got really something bigger and better for you. You need to sell this house. God's got something for you. I believed him. I saw the signs and wonders. I saw Supan. I used to sit in his home. And while I sit in his home like that day, he looked with these fiery eyes. And he would say, look, the saints of God. You know, there. and all of a sudden, the curtain would just move. And the presence would just come in the room. I saw him cast out demons like I've never seen. Really, it was like that. So I believed this man. Everybody believed him. It was like that. Signs and wonders. That was it in that sense. So as it went on, yes, I managed. I sold the house. The business happened at that time. Got in there. I started getting business going up in uh, places where I was making a lot of money. And as it went on, oh, I shared my life with this minister. So I gave him basically half. There wasn't even 10%. Honestly, my wife would tell you. Really, it was 50%. It was like that. I did what? Suits and everything and all that. You know, it was like that. And as it went down, and then then something started to happen. Strangely, as his ministry went on, Pastor. And and I started now, mind you, I love the Word of God. And I was feeding on the Word of God. Indulging on the Word of God. 24 hours like that, you know. Sometimes people even, you know, hey, this guy is an Indian and he speaks so strange and all that. And all I listen to my wife would tell you, 24 hours, you know, it's just the prophet and ministers. I'll even sleep with it the whole night, you know, because I missed it so much and I love it so much, you know. And I start talking like my prophet, you know, talking like this American Kentuckian, you know. But that's all I know. I don't watch TV, you know. I, I, don't, I can't speak sports to people. I, I, I can't do these things. I, I feel so sometimes, you know, the guys will, I don't know. Really, I don't know. They would talk about these new pop stars that came up. I, I don't know them. You know, and all I know is this word of God and we carried on like that. But in any case, just dwelling in the word of God. And all of a sudden, he started preaching something like... Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because they're me coming out of the world, you know. And all I know is now I need a message church. And I need to be in this message church. And there, this is the thing that I'm facing that I'm just coming about now. Give my heart to it. And they all of a sudden are faced such a thing like this. Any case, I hear him preaching on the display of the bride. But this display is going to be a very, very natural display. In the sense of whatever financial issues that you went through and you were cast out from family and things like this, God is going to bless you with that mighty business before you go. You know, that type of thing. And you know, you, you're, going to, you're going to be displayed financially before you go. Something went, something. But I couldn't understand and I was fighting with this thing but I just put it one side and everybody makes mistakes. All pastors make mistakes. You know, that type of thing. And Just put it one side. Any case, I sold the house. The money was just about to come through. Just about a week. Just about to come through. So, um, I was waiting for the money. And then, the one night I went to sleep and 
as I just got into sleep, the next thing is, I hear this voice, a man's voice, wake me up. And it said three times, it said, imposter, imposter, imposter. And it showed me this, I don't know it was a vision that time, I don't know what it was. But all I saw is something happening at his home, and me there. I don't know whether the future or past, but I saw this. This is what was happening at his home. This is the thing that was happening. And the next thing, I woke up of this. And I said, it's a demon. You know? And, and I couldn't wait for the next day. And I called my, uh, one of the, the uh, lovely brother of mine, you'll meet him, Sam Wongwe, my best friend uh, from, from Fritch's Bay. And he, I called him, and his brother's got a powerful gift. Real man of God. I know him for many years. And demons tremble around him because of his dedication in his life. And I called the Sam, Sam, you need to come pray for me. He came, and I said to him, this is what happened last night. He prayed for me. Hey, you know, and, and Brother Sam was so also, you know, we love the past, and we love the ministry that he was going through. And, you know, and, and Brother Sam already, the prospects and the new cars and all these type of things. This guy was powerful. You'd never believe. He would, our wife and I went to go and see a car. It was at Hoover or something of that sort. Nobody knows. Wife and I knows. Come down and sit me, excuse me. He'll come down and sit me, look at me in his eyes, and the waters will come out. Look at me and say to me, God's going to give you a new car. It's a Hoover. And this and that. And you're going to have this house. This, this, it's, it's powerful. The one Zimbabwean brother of mine had his dream, came to me troubled. He said, you know what? I'm troubled. I'm troubled. I had this dream and I'm troubled. I said, you know what? I know the right man for you. Don't worry. Come. Let's go. And I took him over. The brother didn't even finish the dream. This minister told him the rest of it. It was finished. Powerful. Signs, wonders. It was there. But in any case, as I had this experience with this man's voice talking to me and telling me, imposter, and this funny thing that I had in this dream or vision, whatever it was. And the next thing is, just about a week just before this could happen. Uh, just, just before this could happen. And um, before I could get the money for the house. I got a phone call. And I got a phone call just telling me, uh, from the minister, telling me, listen, you need to come. It's very important. You need to come to my house. We need to discuss some things. As we get there, it's going on, just talk, just general talk, the message, and all that. Getting to about 12 o'clock. It's late now, you know. In any case, it got to about 12 o'clock and they started opening up and he said, listen, I needed to tell you, you know what God has done for you? You know what is going on? You, you need to know something, that this money that you're getting, God told him to tell me that don't use it for anything, for the family and anything of that sort because there's greater something that's coming. And he said a few things and I thought, immediately... This vision or what I had or the dream what I had was precisely what was happening here to the dot, to the T. I was shocked. And then immediately when I saw that and then I heard that voice and then he started to get abrupt with me and then I realized I'm in trouble. And then I realized there's something that's going on and this imposter was this, what he was talking about. I repented then and there in my heart. But when I repented, the whole thing opened up to me as if there was a spell on me. That I couldn't see so many other things that he was leading to, but I couldn't see it. 
And I could see, yeah, there's a very dangerous character. You'll see why later on, quickly. And immediately after that, he, he saw that I started to realize something, but he couldn't understand. Then he says, no, listen, you're negligent. You won't be able to handle this money. If I were you, wife's account. Because, you know, the, the, the things that he had said, the, the, the big promises that we're going to get, the big cars and the big houses and the big everything, you know, the, the businesses and all this type of thing. I mean, we all wanted it if the Lord was going to give it, you know. And wife was enthused and she like, you know, couldn't understand why I was just rejecting this. And he saw that. Then he said, no, put it in the wife's account. She will know, you know. You know what to do with this money. You know what to do with this money. In the meantime, the vision already showed me that he wanted this money. He said, you know, you'll know what to do with this money. And things like that. And, but he saw that I totally rejected everything that he was saying. You know, in a peaceful, nice way. And he just couldn't, he couldn't take it. Then he said, come, let's pray. And he says to me, listen, let's just pray. We prayed. And he says, listen. He said, he said Father, never forget his father prayer. He said, Father... Go with them and confirm what I'm saying. Just like that. In any case, we got home. I realized that it was a spell that was on me. As we get home, wife couldn't understand. Said to wife, please, just go into the house and leave the kids there. I'm going to stay in the car, yeah? I'm going to wait for you. I need to tell you something. She couldn't understand. And while I was in the car there, I prayed. And I said, Lord, forgive me, number one. Forgive me for calling you. This, I realize it is you. And the more I said that, the more the presence of God came down. And I said to the Lord, please open the eyes of my wife. And understand it's a spell. I understand this anointing. I know what it's about. And when she came, the moment she came in the car, the presence was God. I was even talking to her the other day. I didn't have to even say much. Her eyes opened and she said, my God, we're in trouble. What are we going to do? And I said, immediately, we need to, I called my brother Sam. And I told my brother Sam, listen. But I prayed the same thing that I prayed for the wife and God opened Brother Sam's eyes. And he realized, my God, what are we in? Brother Sam's a very spiritual brother with a nice gift of discernment and everything. And he said, what are we going to do? Brother, and it went on. And eventually we realized, no, look, there's a problem. Let's go to the church. You know, try to follow church order as best as we can. Went there to the church. The church said we saw it a long time ago. You know, they said they saw it a long time. I couldn't understand. Okay, but nobody did nothing. But somehow I could just feel that they wasn't catching the whole thing. In any case, it was like that. And then eventually I decided, no, let me go and talk to the brother one hand. I went to him. And I went to him. And I was quite frank. And I said, precious brother, you know, I know that's the demon that does those things. Not, not the miracles and all that, you know, gifts and callings will come without repentance. God moves in, you know. But he, he forgot that he, who he was. He was actually a high priest. He, he forgot. He, he slipped a lot of things. He was a Hindu before he could come, but he was a high priest. And he was so powerful. He used to tell me things. Listen, you know how to... Faith works like this, he says. He said, for you to pray, the moment you pray and you love somebody, he says, immediately the angels of, the, angels of God and the, and, the, and the Holy Spirit moves. But you're praying. And he said, hatred works in the same way. He says, the moment you hate somebody in your heart, the Bible calls it witchcraft, actually. And he says, the moment you do that, he said, you summon demons to go and destroy and kill that person. 
Hatred does that. I wish it could die. I wish this could happen. And this is what happens, hatred in the heart. And this is what, but he was telling me these things. And all that. But in any case, I got home. When we got home that night, I told wife, immediately that night, as we went to sleep, wife gets up literally screaming. Demons are, she gets up screaming and there's somebody there that's touching her and stuff like that. And then I couldn't, I couldn't even wake up. I couldn't even open my eyes. I tried to. And immediately we realized there's the invasions of demons in that house. And then we prayed through. And then we realized it, it, it's heavy now. And we realized that's what he said, Father, go with them and confirm. It was like that. And eventually, as it went, we, 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 we cast these demons out. It, it was a struggle. And eventually, I did go to him and speak to him and tell him, listen, I know what you're doing. The voice of God spoke to me and told me, this is who you are. And he just bowed his head like that. And he said, please pray for me. I want to go in the rapture. I said, that's wonderful. You know, I said, thank God. And all that prayed there. His wife wasn't too happy about it. She was very upset. As we get out, we go out. I said to wife, you know what? Hey, thank God. It's, you know, wife said, nope. Something is wrong. It went too easy. But as I thought that day, I just went to the brothers to go and talk to them and tell them, listen, you know, this is what happened and all that. By that time when I had done that, already he had phoned and let the people know. The church rejected. I tried to speak, but then I realized there's no way I'm going to get through. And I realized it's a very spiritual thing that God could speak. I couldn't convince anybody. And at that time, what I did was, I, knew, I, I did some investigation to find out where the minister was coming from. And somebody had told me, no, he was under this minister and all this and all that. And I phoned the minister. And I said to the minister, this is what happened to me. And that pastor had said to me, brother, your, he says, that's what he says. He says, your prophecy is 100%. He says, this is what happened to the people around you. And this is how they're hanging on visions and this and that and this and that and things like that. It was really, really, really... It is, it is, yeah, and then I realize who we're dealing with. Brothers and sisters, not, uh, then I just realized also there was another, we had a small meeting, and come to realize there was another brother that just left the church at that time. He had left the church, but I, we didn't know why. We were told actually not to uh, mingle with him too much. Not to realize that we, we had a small meeting, pastors that came up, and I, we told them what was going on. This other brother that left it came also. And now he tells me, he says to me, brother, what happened to you happened to me. He, was, he owned a funeral parlor, a business and things like that. He said, this minister said to him that in four days after you sell your business, you're going to get four million in your bank plus this and things like that. And as he went and checked in the bank, he realized there was no money in there and things like that. And he realized he's dealing with somebody that's deadly. And he had left the church immediately. He, he, he left the area and he moved very far away because he was scared of what's... He couldn't understand. How can a man be like this? The signs and wonders and things like that. Know the message and things like that and do such a thing like that. And this was my, this was my test. Coming out from the world, being a drug addict, living in sin like that and wanting to come to God and serve in this message and do. And there I end up with something like this. But Church of God, the Lord showed grace. It made it in such a way, I lost everything. I lost my car. I lost my house. I lost my business. I lost everything. I'm a coded welder by trade. I never used to go and look for a job. Wife knows that. Never. There's always labor brokers and stuff like that phoning me. And I used to work as a welding foreman as well. Couldn't get a job in the place that I was living. 
uh, in KZN. Lost my house. Lost all that money that I sold the house for. Within six months, it was gone. Totally gone. Business closed. Everything was gone. Nothing. My only hopes was there was a job that came up in Pretoria. I ended up coming up to Pretoria. The moment I got that job and the moment I did that, that test, that welding test, immediately I found the wife and I said, Sweetheart, a burden left me and we need to be up. And that's how I ended off here in Pretoria, serving the Lord there uh, at uh, uh, Brother Brian for about three years. I didn't go to any church. I, I was scared. We had services at home. We served the Lord. We just stayed at home. We had some DVDs. We had some tapes. I, I, I was scared. I said, no, there's no way. You know, I'm going to get caught up in this. But oh, believe there was a church. Believe there was people. Believe there was children out there. So I just went and searched around. The Lord led me there to my precious brother Brian. And I went there and I stayed there for about uh, three years there. And I wanted so much to get closer to the, the uh, four months before I could come up here. It was February. I moved closer to him. Brother Brian. I said to him, this is my life. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be here. This is how it's going to be. And uh, we, I just got closer there to the, to the church and promised I'll get more dedicated and committed to the work of God there. And then the next thing is, um, one week actually before I could uh, come and get the job, yeah, I was on my knees and I was praying. And something strange that happened and I just saw, oh, this is what I saw. I just saw the Holy Ghost come up in the air and it moved, and I saw myself following this Holy Ghost. And I came out of the prayer room, and I said to a wife, this is what happened. I said, we're going to move. I don't know where. And then I found uh, Bill Bryan. I said to him, listen, Pastor, we're going to move. He said, what? You just came close, and I spent so much of money just to get you and all that. So I moved off from Pretoria to Ranfontein. I said, we're going to move. I don't know where. And then the phone call came in, and I had to move up here to Kusilium. But God had a way. While I was there in Pretoria, I met a backslidden, um, not a, a Catholic. I met a Catholic, that a, a cop that was in a very bad condition. A cop in Hillbrow committed a murder and he was having a case on and he was busy with witch, witchcraft at that time. And God allowed me to witness to him. And he's, a, he's the librarian there now. Anything, not knowing nothing about the message by God's grace. It was like that. And then I had to go up to Ranfontein. And then I had a, a job there in Ranfontein. And then just meeting with another drug addict that was there, Alvin Hughes. And within three months, he got baptized in the message and serving the Lord. And then I realized that, look, we, uh, through the experience that I, I had, I realized that God is using not just me, the family. you know. And I realized that this is how it is. And and I immediately, when I got the call to come up, I said, no, we'll be obedient to the Lord and we'll come up. And this is how we ended off here. Yeah. Uh, there's, another, there's another confirmation that God had given me <laughs> through a dream, but I'm, I'm not going to tell it. I'm just going to let it materialize that God showed me that I'm going to be here. Uh, he showed me that I'm going to be here. Uh, it was very clear. When I stepped in here, then I knew this is home. And I said to wife, oh, this is home. We're going to stay here. Uh, when we don't know but God's grace is, is sufficient and this is what he had done for me for my family um, my encouragement is pastor's been striving on this the baptism of the Holy Ghost but it's just it's just become a word that's what it's become total obedience I've 
understand and start to realize this will entitle you to that token. Total obedience to the word of God. You know, don't look at people. Don't look at believers. Don't look for signs and wonders. You're the greatest sign. You know, I just remember the even... even so five minutes. I just, I just remember, um, you know, this one little story. I, I don't know if the prophet says it, but somebody says it. Um, how this, this young boy came up to the Shibin owner first, and he tells the Shibin owner, you know what, um, your sign's down. And he says, what? He says, no, your sign's down. He said, no, come outside. Let me show you your sign's down. And then the, the Shibin owner comes out there, and he looks at his big uh, Johnny's tavern there, and he says, but my sign's up. And then the young boy says, no, look down there in the ditch there. One of your members vomiting, drunk. Your sign's down. See? That's the sign. When you become the word of God. That's the sign of the devil's ways. And we become the word of God. And the word of God takes residence in us. And it becomes flesh. And it materializes. And then you become that final voice for the final age. Whether you are mother... Whether whoever you are, brother, pushing a pen at work, or wherever who you are, you become that voice. It just so happens, Master, in this hour that we're living in, everybody's waiting for this anointing when the squeeze comes in and think, hey, we're going to have a prayer line. The wife's going to have a prayer line there. We're going to be a little William Branham and cast out things. Mm-mm. Miss it. Right at your home with the baby. Under that anointing, you cast out that demon. You, you eat the word, and you become that voice, and you prophesy. You become one with that word. And that's what God has done for me, done for the family. There's nothing in this world, Pastor. You know, after you have this Holy Ghost, I've been through a lot from that time. But it's finished. It's finished. It's over. There's nothing in this world that can drop you. Your emotions are not controlled by the economics of this world. You know? Your feelings are not committed, you know, or controlled by the way somebody thinks about you. It's finished. It's finished. It's over. And that's my encouragement to you all this night is stay there. Who that is there. And seek he first the kingdom of God. That holy goes to whom that don't have it. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. As we stand to our feet. Amen. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? Amen. Left the world. How many remember last uh, Sunday message? About the three environments. Hallelujah. The world is in Sodom condition. There will be Jans and Jambrens. And they will be where the Son of Man has been revealed. Hallelujah. Here's a man, he says, I was a sinner. 
But as soon as he was led to come back to the message, he meets an imposter. The devil can be so lethal. This is the hour where you need to know who you are. Hallelujah. You've got to mean business with your God. Hallelujah. God bless you, Brother Chetty, for such a beautiful testimony of what God has done for you and the family. God can deliver you from the drugs. Do you know that Wheatbank is the number one, the second biggest city that is leading in drug abuse after Cape Town? Because we are close to the border. It's a transitional point. We need God in this city. Hallelujah. Let's keep on praying. May God richly bless you, Brother Chetty. Give us a worshiping song. Brother Dipadi will just come and wrap up in prayer for us. Are you, are you not happy when somebody is not ashamed to share their experiences with you and say, this is where I was and this is where I am and it is all by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Because sometimes when you, when you testify, you make yourself vulnerable. You testimony it says, I'm a failure, but God took over my failures. You, you, can, you can never give a testimony and come out of a testimony as a superman. It has to be a super God. Hallelujah. Just give us that worshiping song. Amen. I'm only in this message. There are many messages in the end time. Make sure you are in the right one.
closed and there is a prayer request for uh, brother what the wife has just been admitted in the hospital and I think it's about that time let's just commit them to the Lord Amen. understand brother Fanny is not feeling well let him be remembered in prayer as well let's pray our dear heavenly father here we are lord after hearing your word after hearing the testimony lord we like to thank you for the service that you have brought tonight heavenly father you design it heavenly father that heavenly father this is what is going to happen heavenly father tonight Heavenly Father, we can only come to you, Heavenly Father, and say, Father, we are thankful for what you are doing to our lives, Heavenly Father. We know, Heavenly Father, it is not by our mighty, our intelligence, Heavenly Father, but it is thy grace, Heavenly Father, that has befell us, Heavenly Father, so that we can see this revelation, Heavenly Father, of your message of the hour, Heavenly Father, to for Elijah to be revealed in our life, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we were sinners, Heavenly Father. We were called by names, Heavenly Father. But thy grace, Heavenly Father, have come our way, Heavenly Father. That's why we can lift up our Heavenly Father hands and say, Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Heavenly Father. Tonight, Heavenly Father, our brother, Brother Chetty, Heavenly Father, have just, Heavenly Father, given a testimony, Heavenly Father. We know it takes, Heavenly Father, a spirit surely filled men, Heavenly Father, to say such, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we say, Heavenly Father, may you descend to him, Heavenly Father. May you restore power in him, Heavenly Father. May you give him, Heavenly Father, that Holy Ghost so that it can lead him, Heavenly Father. Bless him and his family, Heavenly Father. May he be strengthened, Heavenly Father, through this what he has said to us, Heavenly Father. Even us, Heavenly Father, we have gathered, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, the intelligence, Heavenly Father, of yours, Heavenly Father, behind this testimony, Heavenly Father. It can only be you, Heavenly Father. We have, Heavenly Father, we know when we come to the service, Heavenly Father, we come to be strengthened, Heavenly Father. We come to be glorified, Heavenly Father. We can only be moved from glory to glory, Heavenly Father. That's why, Heavenly Father, by coming here to the service, Heavenly Father, we know we are victorious, Heavenly Father. The devil is exposed, Heavenly Father. There are things that have been said, Heavenly Father. We know, Heavenly Father, they are taking some of the saints, Heavenly Father, in their little corners, Heavenly Father. We say the devil depart, Heavenly Father, from the saints, Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father. Let us hold on to the light, Heavenly Father. This, Heavenly Father, the revelation that you have given unto us, Heavenly Father. Let us be the witness Heavenly Father, on this world to say, Heavenly Father, God is still moving. God is still, Heavenly Father, making, Heavenly Father, miracles in our lives, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, there are, Heavenly Father, requests here, Heavenly Father, that has been brought, Heavenly Father, by Brother Watt, Heavenly Father. We are praying, Heavenly Father, that you take over everything that's going to happen, Heavenly Father. May you descend and bless every proceeding that's going to take place, Heavenly Father. We say, let the devil do not have any part in their lives. Heavenly Father. Bless them, Heavenly Father. Here is also Brother Van Royen, Heavenly Father. He's not feeling well, Heavenly Father. May you touch him, Heavenly Father, so that he can be well, Heavenly Father. We know by your stripes, Heavenly Father, we are healed. And we know, Heavenly Father, the prayer, Heavenly Father. 
even if father if a person even if father brings the prayer to the elders even if father to your church even if father that prayer of faith even if father will deliver them even if father we say heavenly father in this hour they are delivered even if father in this name of the lord jesus christ even if father here our hands are up also heavenly father in this church heavenly father you still the designer of the hearts heavenly father they are also delivered in this hour heavenly father in the name of the lord jesus christ heavenly father we are thankful for this service heavenly father we say continue to bless us heavenly father as we move out heavenly father be with us let us have that traveling mercy heavenly father be in our family heavenly father continue to be our god heavenly father continue to fight our battles heavenly father we commit everything believing in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ amen God bless you richly. You can give us a song. Amen. Make sure you've got that Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. Justification and sanctification are not enough to face the devil. It takes the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. God bless you, Brother Chetty. Amen. God bless you. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. All things have passed.